Hey, what's up, man? Hey, how you doing? Pretty good. How about you? Not too bad. Enjoying a little afternoon weather here. So, what's up? Not much, man. Busy day today. Do you have to work today? No, I don't work weekends. Nice. <laughs> yeah. I might work my Saturday last weekend, so I'm good. Yeah. Oh, I had baseball practice for my son and just running around everywhere. and That's really about it. It wore me out. Yeah, no baseball practice for us for a while. We're still digging out snow and snowmobiles and skis. Oh, nice, I guess. Yeah. Well, how far, where are you at? I live in uh, Colorado in the foothills. Oh, nice. West, west of Denver. Damn. Yeah. A little chilly last couple of days, but we got some good snow and it was 50 degrees today. So it was like springtime. It cools <laughs> off quick at night. <laughs> I woke up this morning. It was like 40 something. I was like, damn, it's cold as shit. <laughs> last week cold was cold. We were down to about 18 below. God damn, dude. Yeah. What's that? That's 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 crazy. All right. I'm already recording. Right on. I just I just get right into it. Cool. Uh, so I remember your email. It's been a while. Yeah. And uh, it said that you started out in this industry at 50 years old. Yes. So what did you do before this that made I you decide a, to do this? I was a corporate people manager and I managed people for 27 years in a basically factory environment and, uh, you know, living the corporate dream, right? Write a desk, you know, collect a pension, get a good salary and everything else. But my dad was a tech for his entire life and he always steered me away from it. And, uh, well, when I, my turn came around to get laid off, I was like, you know what? I want to go do something I want to do for a change. And I went to go work on cars. Pretty, pretty fun job, actually. It's not bad. It's not bad. No. I mean, everybody talks about the corporate life being so good. And really, it is it is good, but it's bad because it's the same same treadmill every day. You go into the same office. You see the same people. You sit at the same desk. And it just goes on year after year after year. You know, you just get caught up in the treadmill of the security of it all. And then pretty soon, 20 years have gone by and you you haven't achieved anything. Just make the widgets, you know, that's all you do. Yeah. And people have issues and stuff. So and that's you got laid off, huh? Yeah. My, my, what I was working on got put down because the technology finally advanced, which was good. I mean, I probably could have stayed there and, and took another job, but I would have had to relocate to another state and I just didn't want to leave. So I had a a pension with the company and 401k was pretty fat. So I was just like, you know, let's go do something fun for a change. I also got lucky that I knew that my job was going to be ending and I had a few years to pro to prepare for it. Oh, that's good. So I gave a couple things a, a different shot, but I was like, nah, I'm just going to work on cars. So I just picked a mom and pop shop and just got myself in the door, like barely minimum wage and showed them what I could do. And then and got going at it, but I've never really fixed anything professionally. I always kept my own stuff running and, you know, built rock crawlers and things like that. But so you were mechanically inclined. Yeah, it's kind of born into it. I mean, even when I was a kid, in the summer times, my dad would take me to the shop and he'd have me pulling heads on these old Ford 460s and Chevy 350s and all that cool stuff, you know. So, I mean, I wasn't a stranger to the business, you know. I learned about how the flat rate world was evil and how they would just, uh, you know, they could fire you and you'd just be going on the next shop. But back then it was different. 
It was way different back then. Yeah, when when he was in the 80s, I mean, when he went to a different shop, customers went with him. Really? Yeah. Yeah, so, I mean, people just, they just had their mechanic, and they just followed him wherever they went. It was pretty cool. I'm at Lincoln now, working on Lincoln's. I've been there, just got my master, and just hit my five years in January, so. So, how long were you at the uh, independent shop for? I worked there part-time for two years. I I worked nights, so I worked there part-time in the mornings, and then uh, just kind of worked part-time as as it was, and just worked there two years. What made you decide to go to a dealership training definitely for the training i mean i was working on i worked on a lot of different stuff that was pretty cool you know a lot of honda subarus chevys and stuff but i started seeing newer stuff coming out and i was like man how are we going to work on that you know i can see the writing on the wall stuff was getting crazy complicated and and then the first time i came across my my first bmw with with the cam bus system and i was like wow that's crazy how does that work so (laughs) Then I started taking all these classes through Napa Auto Care after hours and doing some online stuff. And then I found this guy on the web, Scanner Danner, who was a pretty cool teacher. Started reading his material and stuff. And I basically learned enough to just kind of be dangerous, but I had the curiosity for it. Right. So I just kind of found Lincoln and they had an opening. They were looking for people and the tech shortage with nobody out there getting a job. It was just a good fit, you know. Did the uh, independent shop not offer training? No, he did offer the training, but okay. he couldn't pay me and he couldn't offer the training that I would get from Ford. Right. You know, I mean, I'm E-certified now, fully E-certified for electro- electric vehicles and hybrids. And that's nice. primarily what I work on now. So how long have you been at the dealership for? Five years now. <clears throat> so you're senior master. No, I haven't taken my uh, transmission classes. That's all I got left. Oh, Okay. So I got my engine master and I got my uh, chassis master. Nice. Yeah, it's been fun. I mean, I went to eight classes in a row, eight months in a row last year. Isn't it nice that they send you (laughs) out there and they pay you 40 hours and your hotel and all that food? Everything's paid for. It's so nice. Well, even better, we have a training center here, so I was home every night. Oh, really? (laughs) Yeah. Wow, that's really nice. Yeah, go to training, come home. You know, not like, not like I'd ever left, so that was pretty cool. Didn't even get dirty. No, I don't really get dirty <laughs> now either, though. You do most of the Diag stuff? I do a lot of Diag, and, and yeah, it's it's fun. I like it. God, I mean, you should come to my shop then. I don't I don't like that <laughs> shit. Well, it's, it's, a, it's a mystery. Everything's different, you know. After all the time that I spent doing the same thing over and over and over, every day's new, you know. Yeah. So, I mean, I get new problems. I mean, sometimes I get the same stuff, but most of the time it's always different crazy yeah. stuff you know do you get a lot out. of fords in there or, or just yeah, we Lincoln? do we do work on fords we don't work on anything bigger than a navigator or an expedition which is nice oh okay but we'll work on f-150s and things like that so you don't we just do don't have the lifts yeah you don't do any fleet work no no diesels no big tr- no no f-250s we don't have the lifts for it so how many how many lifts do you guys have at your shop i think we have like 12 lifts six techs and a quick lane service. Wow. That's and not very big. No, we're family owned shop too. I have family owned oh, ownership. Okay. Yeah, so it's not part of a big chain or anything like no, that. He's, he's cool. It's a really good place. That's nice. You know, I mean, Sometimes when it gets big corporate, it gets a little sketchy. Yeah. The people they hire in to run the 
shop. Yeah, that's a great group of guys we got there. I mean, everybody will help everybody. You know, everybody knows something that somebody doesn't know. So if you get stuck, you can always ask somebody. Yeah. You know, we got a good mix of guys. I mean, we got one guy in his 60s, and we got uh, all the way down to an 18-year-old kid out of high school. But, Does your you know, shop supply new hires with tools? No, they don't. No. But they uh, they do help them out with things and stuff. So that's they're good at training and training them and moving them up and stuff like yeah. that. Yeah, training yeah. goes quick there. They get us a lot of training in. I mean, that's you good. go in and show it that you want it, and you get all your online stuff done. They have no problem sending you to class. One week we had four of us in training all at once. Really? <laughs> yeah, in different classrooms, but it was pretty cool. Wow. Four out of six techs. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you guys really busy over there? Yeah, we're slammed most of the time. But our, our dealership owner, he wants the best trained guys he can get. Makes sense. And he wants to keep us trained up and he wants to keep us happy. And we don't get to decide when the classes are offered, so we kind of have to take what they give us. Yeah, that's that's what's different about Ford training than Honda and the other guys. It's like you have to sign up and wait. Yeah. So it's like, you know, you can't plan, hey, I'm going to go to training, you know, in December. You don't know. Yeah. You got to wait until they call you. And it's like, oh, fuck, man. Yeah, I was on vacation that week, but I guess I'll go on this vacation now. Yeah, I guess I'll get paid double. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, that's a pretty cool place. The cars are, are kind of fun. I mean, they're different. Not what I'm used to working on. I mean, I'm, I have this big gap. I used to work on stuff in the 80s. And then I didn't work on anything in the 90s and 2000s. And then here I started in like 2015 on basically from my knowledge base forward now it's like 215 to to modern now for 2023 yeah you missed a lot i did yeah. i came right in at the uh, big airbag recall with the mkz's and the fusions yeah there was a big airbag recall for everybody <laughs> yeah and then the the door latch fiasco i was i got in there right as that oh. was starting to wind down so I did a lot of door latches at first, and I did a lot of airbags, did a lot of cop car carbon monoxide recalls. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. And then they figured out that, oh, this guy actually works hard and wants to learn, and they decided to keep me around. That's it, man. Cool. Yeah. It, the difference between, I mean, I've never worked at an independent shop, but the independent guys who I know are listening are not going to like this statement, but I just don't see why you would want to work on multiple different brands when you can just work on one yeah i i get that totally um i liked the different cars because you got to learn about a lot of different ways to solve the same problem but it sure is nice when we happen to buy tools for four models yeah yeah you know once i've set up i'm set up i don't have to go out to the tool truck or anything now i don't look down on those guys that work on all no. those different cars i mean i think that's fucking awesome i mean you know hats yeah. off to you i mean you're way smarter than i am <laughs> trust me but I just, I do it for the money. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Oh, exactly. I'm looking for money. I'm not, I'm not going there for 10 hours a day to fucking play around and do cool stuff. I want to make money. That's about yeah, I it. Too. I like, I like making money. Yeah. But in the aftermarket world, I mean, those guys, they do have a lot of knowledge. I and think sometimes they, they get, get stuck. Oh yeah. I think they should get paid more than a dealership oh, I tech. I mean, that's going to hurt the dealership guys, but they're, fucking working on everything you got a sob right here in this bay you got a jeep in this bay you got a fucking land rover you know and you're doing all kinds any, of random stuff and they don't have any resources no they have none they you can't call any. the dealership and ask them no you got 
what all, all data and maybe some Mitchell and and, and then it. just your own knowledge of how electricity is supposed to work, basically. Yeah, dude. Fuck that. <laughs> <laughs> I know. That's what I'm saying. <laughs> you got to pay monthly for all the scan tools and, you know, to be able to read the shit every month. You got to pay a couple hundred bucks for each system. It's like, fuck that, dude. I don't yeah, pay shit. I just go to work. How many tools you need to program a module for all the different brands. Yeah, and some of these guys are taking modules apart and, like, fixing them. Yeah. They don't do I've, that shit. Yeah, I've been listening to Scott's podcast about that. That's pretty crazy. Oh, that's the Automotive Diagnostic Podcast? Yeah. Yeah, dude. They do some wild shit, man. That guy's super smart. Super tech, dude. For yeah, real. I learn a lot of stuff from him just, just by process and listening to what he says. Yeah. You know, it really helps a lot. Yeah, there's a lot of good automotive podcasts out there. I've been listening to a bunch of them recently. Yeah. I just had on a guy from the Certified Wrench Podcast. Those guys are field service technicians. Yeah, I heard that show. Yeah, that's a pretty, those guys are pretty good, man. I like their podcast, so shout out to them. Thanks for coming on, for sure. I didn't get yeah. to do that the last episode, because that one was uh, pre-recorded. Yeah, that that that's a whole different game right there, man. Yeah, it is. Traveling around, your own truck. I work on a lot of fleets, so some of those guys are fucking gross, too. Oh, I can imagine. We get a couple <laughs> of orders every now and then. Yeah, dude. It's some weird stuff in them and trash up to the ceiling and you can smell them when you walk up to them. Yeah, dude, they, they, they're fucking bad. Now, the guys that own their own trucks, those ones are all nice. Yeah. But a lot of the company guys, you know, you don't know who's driving this truck and it smells like piss. There's shit everywhere and shoes and, you know, all kinds of shit just stuffed in there. And you're like, come on, dude. You know who's got the cleanest cars to work on? Who? The firemen. I did some recalls on the fire marshals explorers for the carbon dioxide. You could eat off the bottom of those cars. Those cars were scrubbed by hand every day, it looked like. Yeah, because they work they work twenty four seven. So when you get a cop car in and that thing's just hammered on. There's a bomb in the back seat. Yeah, dude. Fuck pipes that. are beat up underneath it. And <laughs> those fire cars, man. Those are clean one owners. Yeah. We've had to do dashboards on them. And they got all these systems, you know, walkie-talkie things and CB radios and lights and all this. Yeah. Oh, my God. So much M time. So much M time. I know. I'll take it. Yeah, we had a truck come in, an F-150 that an outfitter drilled into a main harness in the dash. <laughs> yeah, that happens all the time, dude. There's Especially 30 trans- hours. Yeah. Yeah. Transits, man. You get some wild ass shit going. You're like, what's going on? You find out they drilled through panels to mount panels in the back and went right through harnesses. Why is it short to power? Yeah. It's like screws in there. Like are these independent guys? How do they scan these vehicles? I don't know. I don't know nothing about that shit. Like we got the FDRS and IDS and all that and we just plug it in, you know, it's like nothing to us. Yeah, I've been getting a lot of practice with the VMM and starting to scope networks and stuff with it. Never used it. It's, it's different. Yeah. You can see a visual representation of what it's doing. Really? So you can see if it's shorted together, the network shorted together, or shorted the ground. Yeah, once you get the breakout box on it and you start hitting the different pins in the DLC and stuff, it's pretty self-explanatory what's going on on that network. You just got to find where it's goofed up at. Right. Yeah, I don't, I don't mess with that shit. 
Yeah, it's kind of fun. The hybrids are pretty fun. I've started getting into the battery modules and stuff, getting those batteries out and replacing the battery energy control modules. And haven't had to replace any battery arrays yet, but definitely first time I cracked open a battery, I was like, oh, that's pretty cool. Yeah, yeah. I did a lot of that at Honda, but at Ford, I'm I'm not fucking with that shit. I don't cool. I don't I, mess with that kind of stuff. I like to do dash work too. That's kind of fun. Yeah, I like interior work. Yeah. On Fords. Yeah, they're easy. They go back together so fast. Yeah. Especially fleets. Like that. <laughs> it's all scratched up and shit. It's like, fuck <laughs> it. Just hammer it on there. <laughs> Some duct pound, tape. Pound, pound. Yep. I had this lady come in because she had a bunch of stuff in her car that wasn't working. And told the advisor, I said, well, you better turn this one from a warranty claim to an insurance claim. He goes, why? I said, because rodents got this bad boy. Mm-hmm. And I ended up having to put a body harness in that car because there was all this food in it from this little kid in the back seat. Then there's French fries and goldfish crackers all over the car. And a mouse got in there. It was like a little mouse freaking supermarket in there. (laughs) He tore that harness up all over the place. I don't know why those little bastards fucking chew harnesses, man. I don't know what they get out of it. (laughs) Yeah, I guess just because it's there. (laughs) We used to do a lot of knock sensors on Hondas. Yeah. They'd just crawl right under the intake manifold and just chew them up. And then when we replaced the knock sensor, the harness had a black coating over it and it had like rats on there, pictures of rats with a circle and a line through them. Like it's got nice. some kind of poison in it or some rat, shit. Rat resistant tape or something. Yeah. Something. I don't know what it was. Whatever, dude. It paid like two and a half hours. Just give it to me. When I was at the independent shop, I had one towed in for a no start that was out at the airport. And the guy's like, oh, I think it just needs a fuel pump. So I was doing my diag on it, and I started looking at the, the harness on the injector side on the pat, on the bank two injectors was chewed up. I got to looking when I pulled the intake manifold to get down to the to the harness. That thing had like ten pounds of dog food in there. Something was just storing meals on wheels in that thing, and then really? finally just ate all the wires. Yeah, it's crazy. Huh? I couldn't believe how much dog food was in that thing. We had, since we're telling funny stories, we had one. Uh... It was a, it was a big vehicle, like a bus type vehicle, and a cat had kittens in the bitch. Oh man! The technician walks in there to get the car and pull it in, and got attacked by cats. They're <laughs> 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 running out of the bus, going, "What the fuck is that? A bunch of fucking cats in there, man! Yeah, that thing's been crazy. sitting for a while, man. Dang, that's a lot of cats." Yeah, it had like six kittens in there. And then, of course, somebody went out there and put them in a box and like passed them oh, around. Like, come on, dude. Wow. Yeah, these kids coming up in the in the trade, they got a lot to, to learn. That's for sure. Oh, yeah. I mean, it's all about training. Are helping them out. Yeah. I mean, I help them out when I can. Yeah. You know, some, somebody helped me. I mean, I didn't go the, the traditional way. I just kind of faked it till I made it. That's yeah, what I do every day, man. Yeah. I mean, really. Exactly. Everything's yeah. changing so much. It's like, it's hard to keep up on everything. That it is. It's a lot of hands-on. My first class with them was electric, basic electric. And that was two weeks. And you didn't get to go to the second week if you failed the first week. Yeah, it you actually like, fail. Yeah, they fail you. Yeah, Honda, they would find a way to pass you. I don't know. There's no chances on that if you... My instructor that I have down there, the one of them, one of them that I really like a lot, is really good. His teaching style really fits my learning style. 
And he says, it's nothing personal, guys. He goes, if you don't know it, you just don't know it. Yeah, and I'm that's not the way it's good. Pass it. <laughs> yeah. yeah. But he's he's been really good. My yeah. Our field service engineer retired, which is a bummer. That guy was really good and sharp and really helpful and would kind of teach you some things and stuff while he was there helping you out on stuff. He's going to retire and start a podcast. I don't know. He's been with Ford for a long time. The guy was super smart, though. But, I mean, I used to work with engineers all the time, so I kind of knew how to talk to them and got along with them pretty good. I worked with one uh, when I was at Honda, and we had a car. I can't remember exactly what was wrong with the car, but I had to drive them around for like two hours to try to get the car to act up. And I was like, what's it? I said, dude, you must you must have a kick-ass job. You just go dealership to dealership and, you know, just look at these cars and fucking do whatever you do. And he's like, no, it actually sucks. <laughs> he <laughs> said, goes, I have no family life. I'm not married. I have no kids. I'm fucking traveling. I live in hotels. He goes, no, it fucking sucks. I'm like, oh, oh God I damn. <laughs> I mean, that's all they do is they travel dealership to dealership. Yeah, and some guys probably darn as good as others for sure, and they got to kind of work some guys through that maybe they shouldn't have had to go see or yeah, or whatever. Me, yeah, I hate I, having to call hotline. I would rather try and solve it myself. Yeah, I don't call them for nothing. Last time I called them, it was just a headache. It's like, fuck this shit. I'll figure yeah, it no. out. Now they got the little see what I see deal. That's kind of weird. Yeah, I don't use that. There's no way in hell I'm using that. That's some China shit, man. They're going to scan all my shit. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> some spy balloon shit, man. <laughs> you see that, man? No, I haven't watched any news. I've just kind of been cocooning up on the mountain because uh, it's been cold out. All right. Well, in Montana, there was a chinese spy balloon hovering at about seventeen thousand feet or something like that thirty thousand feet and they found out it's from china oh, did they shoot it and down? They, just, they shot one down today or yesterday over carolina north carolina wow. i think yeah they shot it down and they're gonna collect it so i don't know what happened to the one over montana i don't know if it was the same one that's some crazy cool. shit dude Another little roswell episode huh yeah. <laughs> it's got satellites on it and everything. Oh, wow. Yeah. Sorry to burst your bubble. <laughs> it's kind of close to you. <laughs> oh, shit. Yep. It's getting crazy out there. Yep. Getting crazy in the automotive world for sure. Yeah, it but is. Good place to work, though. I mean, it's just what other job? You get a break in the day, just drive through the neighborhood. Exactly. You you get tired of work. You're just like, I'm going to go test drive this car and take a break. Yeah. Just go cruise around and just get out. And paid training. That's like, yeah. if my son said, I want to go to college to be a computer programmer, I'd say, fucking YouTube it. Yeah, you can learn everything on YouTube. You go to, if you want to work in the trades, you get your trainings all paid for. You don't have to, you know, go to college and spend all this money on college tuition and all this shit. Yeah. We get paid for it. I mean, this it's, yeah, you got to work with your hands. It's not easy, but it's satisfying. It's very satisfying. Yeah. It's nothing like fixing something that somebody else can't fix. Right. You know what I mean? You're writing performance evaluations for people and you can only say the same stuff. How long? And then they hold that carrot out there for you. Yeah. Yeah. It was, I was burnt out on dealing with that stuff. 
go into the same conference rooms for the same status meeting day after day after day. It's just, it just sucks the life out of you. Yeah. Making sure your shirt's tucked in and boots oh, are yeah. shine. <laughs> now you just go to work and put on a uniform and just work on cars. Yeah. And you hang out with some pretty cool dudes sometimes. Yeah. Not a bad job. It's not. <laughs> it's not. I don't think people, so. People think I shit on it and I don't. I mean, well, I do. But I, I yeah, don't shit I mean, on the I don't shit on the job or the technicians. I shit on the system, the bad management and the bad bad apples out there that just take advantage of people. Yeah, that's it, and they know they're doing it. Oh yeah, they do because it's all about their numbers. Exactly. They want their new boat, and their <laughs> new dirt bike, or whatever you know. It's true, man. And who they make, who are they getting their money off of? They were getting their money off the backs of these people out there slaving away. Yeah, out with no air conditioning sometimes, or a lot of the weather. times, yeah, yeah, yeah. That's one thing we don't have is air conditioning in our shop. I don't have it either. Do you have heat? Or well, we have great heat. We got good heat. Yeah. yeah, we have new equipment too, which is nice. Our that's our good. dealership owner definitely keeps our equipment up. That's good. We got a bunch of new lifts. I mean. I have an older lift that they just put new cables and pulleys and and uh, rams in it and stuff. So That's I like good. it because the way the arms are on it and it's a little wider than some of these other ones. Yeah, so we got my shop has. I don't even know. I couldn't even count how many lifts, but everybody's got at least two. Yeah. And there's like thirty techs. Oh wow. Yeah, it's it's fucking huge, man. It's busy too. It's definitely yeah, our tranny busy. guy. He has two lifts. Our engine guy, he's got two lifts. The front end guy has two lifts, and then everybody else gets one lift in a flat. So it's not too bad. You can do a lot of stuff in a flat bay on a Ford. Oh yeah, I mostly do a lot of diag on the flat bay anyway. Right. I had to pull seats and stuff out, and find connectors, and see what's going on in there. Who didn't plug what in? <laughs> Get some independent shop car. Went to an independent yeah, I have one shop that, and comes back and it's all fucked up. Yeah, I got one that was at a shop. They put a battery in it and it's completely dead now. So I can't wait to see what I find. Some butt connectors. I don't know. <laughs> Shit like that. I checked the oh. basics real quick. It's got a good battery and the fuses are good off the positive side. So something's fried somewhere. I'll get it pushed in and dive into it on Monday, I guess. You guys got a car pusher, or do you all push them by hand? Yeah, we all just go out and push it. Our lot's pretty nice. We just had it, it just got paved last year, and it's not real big. The place is pretty small. We got forklifts. Push them right in. Nice. It's nice. We're, Having a forklift is used. really nice. Yeah, especially pulling engines and stuff in and out. Yep. Transmissions, lifting them off the jack and putting them on the table and bringing them in the yep. shop. and. Got all these different attachments for the forklift so you can push. You can use hook up a hitch and push it with a hitch. You can push it with a pusher. Oh, nice. Yeah, it's got all kinds of stuff. I got two of them, actually. I suggest that. <laughs> well, you guys don't do fleets, so. No. When you're pushing a, you know, 750 or 550 or whatever with They're cranes heavy. on it and all that, you ain't. I ain't pushing it. I'm not there no. to hurt myself. So now yeah, we're pushing like little Nautiluses and aviators. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I'm actually working on a Lincoln Navigator right now. Nice. Camp yeah. phasers? No, it's got some uh, clicking in the back, some actuators and 
some recall uh, blower motor recall and some yeah. other complaints on it those are usually pretty good we usually just cam phasers on those and maybe a tcu after somebody spills a drink down the console yeah they've been, they've been nice to pretty reliable not really a lot of problems with them what car do you think you make the most money off of the aviators those they are, the are labor intensive yes and the customers buy everything oh yeah yeah you just recommend it i mean i did a, a navigator i did a when i did, came in had an oil change and it needed a, the running board motor on it and then i still sold brakes you know warranty plus brakes that was nice yeah and they didn't even balk at it usually we recommend it they buy it don't even think about it do you guys do video inspections no we don't oh it must be nice and we get paid two tenths for a, a visual really yeah i do video inspections and don't get paid shit for it well, we get paid two tenths to go around and check the brakes look at the tires check the battery check the oil yeah, that's get, nice yeah i mean they, they take care of us there they do a pretty good job I remember at one shop I worked at, they were having, they were complaining about us not selling enough work. So what they did was they started paying us a half hour per inspection, just out of the blue. And then we started selling more work and then they just took it right back, right back away. Oh man. So, you know, they can afford to pay you for inspections. They yeah. just don't do it. That's ridiculous, man. Cause that's their ass. Yeah. I mean, it's a legal document really. Yeah, exactly. Car's safe to go out on the road or not. Right. So you would think they would pay us for inspections. I mean, I'm all for the video inspections. I think they're cool. I mean, I've sold a lot of shit doing them and, you know, specifically showing them, here's your oil leak, you know, diesel engine, your oil leaking, you know, all kinds of shit, tires, brakes, whatever. You show them a picture and they're like, oh shit, I need to fix that, you know? So if you take the time... You can sell some work, but it's like, I believe they should be paying us for it because if they, they don't pay be. you for it, you're not going to get the good quality inspection. Yeah. I mean, if I see something glaring, I'll, I will snap a picture and text it to my advisor and say, look, this is a problem. You know, don't, don't uh, just sweep this one under the rug. Just let them know. Yeah. That's, that's like what we used to do. And, or we would yeah. bring the customer back there if they were waiting. You yeah. Know, look at this. You know, your tire is got steel showing. Not but. a matter of if, but when you're walking. Yeah. Hope you got triple A. They'll need it. Yeah, for sure. Our customers are kind of different, though. How's that? Well, they're just, I don't know, some of them are like, got this entitled attitude that they don't care that there's two weeks out on cars. They want in now. Oh, yeah. <laughs> what do you mean you don't have a loaner for me now? <laughs> do you guys offer loaners oh yeah we have loaners for all of them we have a Are ton they, of loaners they're not rental cars they're just like lot cars yeah they're new lincolns really yeah i mean you come in drop off your aviator and drive home in an aviator heck we'll drop a, a loaner off at your house and bring your car in for you wow yeah that's schmoozing do you guys got a lot of new cars there yeah, for the most part, but we have a fleet of rentals that we keep, that we sell, we buy them, but we own them, the dealership owns them, and then we'll sell them as used later when they come up off their, their mileage, but yeah, now we have two mobile vans, really? their house or their work, and they'll service cars. Who do, how'd they hire a technician for the mobile van? 
Did they, they take one out of the shop or hire a specific? They took him off guy? the lube rack. They got him off the lube rack and asked if he wanted to see anybody want to learn this. And they put him on a salary and sent him out in the band. Nice. Yeah, it's not a bad deal. I've heard of a lot of shops doing that. I'm surprised mine hasn't because, you know, they're trying to get money however and whenever they can. So that would make sense for them to do that. Hey, what do you think now that you like EVs, you work on EVs and all that? What do you think about the new transit? I think it's got its purpose and it'll be great in town. You know, it'll, it'll definitely uh, have an impact on on what they're looking for as far as reliability. Cause I mean, you don't have to do anything to it. But how long does it last? It only goes like a hundred and something miles, right? Yeah. But if you're in town, you don't really go that far anyway. But the transit is designed to haul stuff, Amazon and stuff like that. I wonder if you fully load it down, how much it really lasts, especially up where you're at. Well, I think the biggest part is, is the, uh, just the stop and start on it. I mean, once it's rolling, it's the engines, the the power from those motors, the torque doesn't really affect them. The weight on them and what they're moving. True. That's true. Stop and start. And up here, you go out, up, come uphill, and then you got the free charge coming downhill. <laughs> That's true. <laughs> long way down, long way up, but a long way down. Yeah, we have the the plug-in uh, hybrids on the uh, on the aviators, and the battery on that one is supposed to be like nineteen to twenty miles for full electric use by itself. But just driving the terrain, I was able to go thirty-three miles in one of those before the engine kicked on. Really? Yeah. It's- pretty cool just watching the power flow and and when it goes into regen because it goes into regen as soon as you let off the off the accelerator and if you leave a longer distance in traffic between cars like instead of three you go five links you can coast a lot between stop and go traffic you never really come to a stop but it's regening as you're coming down these small little inclines have you driven one of the mockies yes what do you think i like them they're they're fun I haven't it's, driven one yet. It just doesn't have the zoomy noises that I like. Right. You know, I love the sound of a V8 under the hood. Yeah. So, I mean, that's that's the only part that's hard to get used to. Because the acceleration is there now. That part I really like. Yeah. But I haven't driven one, like, for a weekly basis or something. That, that's what I'd really like to do. Drive one on my commute and see how I liked it. Because my commute's like 45 minutes into the city and then up the hill and down the hill. Through the Damn, that's a long drive. It's worth it, though. I mean, by the time I get home, how many miles away it. is it? It's like forty. Oh, then that's not a long. That doesn't take long to get there. No, it's mostly highway, mostly mountain highway. Summertime yeah, is nice. Mine's eleven miles away, and it takes me sometimes an hour to get home. Yeah, <laughs> eleven miles. Got a lot more people there, though. <laughs> Fucking too many. I'm gonna send them up your way. Ah, we're full. <laughs> we <got a> lot. <laughs> we're full, dude. <laughs> Shit. We got a lot of, a lot of crazy here now. Once, once they legalized the weed, man, the weirdos started coming. <laughs> yeah, you find a lot of that in the customer cars. Oh yeah, and back when all the COVID and the riots were going on and stuff, don't mess <laughs> with Lincoln owners, man. Everybody had a, a weapon of some sort in their cars. We were finding yeah. guns and axes and knives and it's like, geez. <laughs> Fucking axes? 
yeah, these people aren't playing. <laughs> that's some fuck. That's fucking violent shit right there. Man. I know. God damn. I'd rather get shot than hit with an axe. I know. God. It's freaking hatchet laying there by the console. It's like, holy crap. <laughs> this guy's going medieval on him. <laughs> yeah, dude's got a fucking medieval outfit in there. Helmet and shit driving down the road. Yeah. Damn. Cool. Like, man, no mess with old people. <laughs> they just kill you. <laughs> we had a technician working on a car, some security guy, and he had a loaded 12-gauge shotgun sitting in the passenger seat. So my buddy grabs it, pulls it out, and just fucking unloads all the shells out of it and throws it in the back of the car. We found so many guns. Florida, you know. Yeah. But this guy had it just sitting there, like, trying to, like, show off, it seemed like. So my buddy just fucking unloaded all the shells and... Threw him in a glove box, threw the gun in the trunk, and just to piss the customer off. Like, why do you do that? Yeah, that's just silly. Yeah, I mean, what if that technician in that shop's working on your car and he's pissed off about something and he sees it and just says, fuck it, you know? Or worse, he doesn't even know what he's doing and he picks it up and shoots somebody with it. Yeah. I can't count how many times I open glove boxes. You know, you open it and then you push in the tabs and you let it fall and guns fell out. Yeah, I've seen that. Out of holsters. It's like, yep. dude, the fuck, man? Oh, yeah. People got to have more control than that. Yeah. I'm all for guns, but, I mean, these are the people that don't need one. No. Then again, that same guy also shot at somebody on the interstate, so. Oh, same great. technician, yeah. So. <laughs> <laughs> he ain't right. No. <laughs> Not at all. Yeah, they're. Lincoln owners are, they're different, that's for sure. I mean, they they just see the world differently, I guess. I guess so. Their day isn't as much of a struggle as other people's, I guess. How their attitude is and stuff. And, I mean, some are really cool and some are really needy, but a lot of them, they tip a lot, too. Really? Yeah, they appreciate the things that we do. Well, that's good. Yeah, especially, like, if we do something for them. Like, I had a limo driver just the other day come in and he had a sunroof was stuck open it was just about to start snowing to get cold and I wound it manually shut for him so he could still work and he gave me a pretty decent tip for it nice yeah i mean he, he knew he couldn't work without his with the sunroof open yeah right that was last saturday a pile of snow in the passenger seat oh yeah that'd be great <laughs> <laughs> come back with electrical issues you know that's happening. You get a lot of rusty cars up there? Surprisingly, no. Really? Yeah, we see very little rust. Because when it snows, usually it'll snow. We'll have like a couple days where it's ugly. And then it'll be warm again, and then it all melts off. So the roads are still dry. Yeah, I don't know nothing about that. I was born up north, and I used to yeah. visit New York uh, every summer and every once in a while in the winter times, and played in the snow and stuff but i couldn't work on cars up there there's no way now i have a friend of mine in delaware who is a tech up there and he sends me pictures of stuff i'm like holy cow that's still even on the road <laughs> yeah <laughs> stuff rotted off and they're putting in new subframes and control arms and stuff it's like geez every bolt you have to heat up and cut yeah. out and fuck that man hopefully those guys are getting paid to do it though i hope so too because that's a lot of stuff to just have to go through just to get something apart. 
I mean, uh, most of it, our stuff is pretty good though. It could be just a simple recall. Like remember the, uh, explode exploders explore, uh, the rear toe, the toe links. Yeah. yeah. The toe links. I mean, you get a car up there and it's all rusted out. It's a lot of M time, right? Might be another hour in it. At least. <laughs> just get the pieces separated. Yeah. So you make more money, I guess, but you work harder. Yeah. That is true. I'd rather just knock it right out and ship it and grab another one, you know? Instead of sitting there fighting with rust and welding and cutting. and Fuck that, man. I know, CB axles stuck in hubs and stuff. Yeah. Don't like rust at all. We don't really have much of it, so that's good. We get a lot of it. Not too much, but, you know, people from New York come down to Florida and yeah. live here in the wintertime, and they bring their shit whole fucking cars. And they always want to wait. a lot wait. of AC work, though. You do? Yeah, we do a lot of AC work. And even though our <laughs> summer is only like three months long, but it's... Once it gets over 90, man, they'll, they'll pay for AC before they put brakes on. <laughs> <laughs> oh, shit. A lot of evaporators up there? Evaporators and hoses. The hoses sometimes just rot out from ozone, I guess. Yeah, That's Ford evaporators suck. Yeah. I don't, I don't know what the hell. I don't know who's making them for them, but they're terrible. Yeah, I don't know. They, they're just thin or something. They just can't hold the pressure. And then when they get shipped to you, the new one, the box oh, looks like somebody ran it over with a car. It's just as bad as the one you're taking out. Yeah. <laughs> the hoses are all, the pipes are all bent. <laughs> you got to bend it back and you're like, man, fuck, I got to pressure test this. It's probably going to leak. Yeah. Then some techs just put it in there and say they put them in and it's leaking. And then parts warranty it. Yeah, I don't want to do it twice. I'd rather yeah. just do it once and send it back. Well, some of them say they put it in there and it leaked and parts warrantied it, even yeah. though they didn't. There's a lot of scumbaggery going on out there. Yeah, I've seen that. I mean, all this door latch recall we got to do now with all the pictures. Oh, my God, dude. Fuck those guys, man, right? I know, yeah. Fucking just do the goddamn job, man. Now our, everybody has to fucking pay for that. Yeah. How hard is it? It wasn't that bad. No, it used to pay better, and then they cut the time, and then people just flagged it. <laughs> they didn't do them. Yeah. So I, I don't understand how you can do that. You're a piece of shit. If that's how you work, you're a piece of shit. Yep. I completely agree with that. You just fucked everybody over and the customer. Yeah. Because those fucking door latches, I've had so many cars when I was at another Ford dealership that the doors wouldn't close, and they had fucking bungee cords holding them closed. I've seen some like of those how, come in. Yeah, like that's so unsafe. What if they have kids back there, and then you're going to be a dumbass and not fucking do them? They're going to yeah, fail. It's a Ford. <laughs> yeah, it's going to break. You need to fix it. Yeah, I don't understand that mentality. I don't know, man. Sometimes I, I wish I was at a smaller dealership like you're at, just a one owner. That'd be nice. It is nice. The environment's different. I mean. The owner walks through, says good morning to you, you know, appreciates what we do. We don't get pizza parties. I we'll cater in like Mexican dinners and stuff. It's pretty cool. Nice. Yeah. Our boss, he'll go, he'll buy steaks and stuff and grill them for us, which oh, is pretty nice. damn cool. Yeah. I mean, I'm not complaining about the shop I'm at right now, but yeah. other ones, they've been really shitty. 
I've heard stories about some bad places, that's for sure. Yeah. I guess I've been lucky I haven't experienced it. Yeah, stay where you're at. The mom and pop shop was pretty cool because it was just the owner and his wife, and then they had their her, her kid working for him, and those two would go at it, which is pretty funny. That's funny, so. but how how can you count on them? How can you invest all your time and your years of working there, and what if they have a fight and then the shop just fucking closes? Right. You know, that's what's sketchy about these independent shops. And I'm not shitting on them. No. But But just the situation the way it was. Yeah. I mean, you never know when they're going to be open or not. No. Anything can happen. I mean, the owner could die. Right. Nobody else is under him. Then what? Exactly. I mean, it's... But it was a good place to learn and get your foot in the door. Yeah. Because I knew I wasn't going to be able to start out at no 15 bucks an hour. But nobody was going to hire me at a decent wage with no experience either. Right. So I worked there and got some experience on paper. And then I went and took some ASEs and, you know, and then got to Lincoln. They're like, ASE, we don't care about that. (laughs) Isn't that funny? Yeah. Dealerships don't give a shit. I think I just talked about that on the last episode that they just don't care about it. Yeah, Toyota and I think Nissan. Yeah. I think you have to have ASEs to match to your uh, Nissan or Toyota certification in order to level up. Right. I don't know. I think it's bullshit, personally. Yeah, their tests are kind of behind. Way behind. Yeah. And it looks a lot of GM-based stuff for net for the most part. Yeah, for sure, yeah. I mean, yeah, wiring diagram is a wiring diagram, but I don't know, there's other specific things that can apply to a lot of different stuff. That a lot of it is like about. rebuilding brake wheel cylinders and shit, you know. I failed it. Yeah. And I had, in the last episode I put out, I had a guy email me and show me that he failed brakes too. <laughs> He's like, I guess I'm a hack. I'm like, no, you're not a hack. You just don't fucking do that. You don't rebuild them. You replace, if they're leaking, you replace it. Right. We don't rebuild shit. Oh. I don't know. I don't know about the ASEs. I could see it being an advantage for uh, independent shops because they don't have factory training. So right. obviously they need some kind of training. And then a lot of these guys are offering training classes like that. I think that scanner Danner guy, I think he offers yeah. A training. Yeah. I haven't looked into too much. I've seen him on the Facebook and he's on the, uh, do you follow the ASOG podcast? I follow them and I also follow, uh, Scott Tippin for the automotive diagnostics and for the funniest one. And I think I, I do customer states. Yeah. Cause get a bunch of crazy stuff. From, from yeah. They're wild. Sometimes. Yeah. They're, they're a funny, funny group. I like them guys. And then there's yeah, another one. It's another uh, diagnostic one. Uh, who is it? The automotive diagnostic podcast, obviously. Yeah. There's another Matt, Matt something. Let me look it up. It'll, it'll aggravate me if I don't look it up. I'm subscribed to them all. I I don't really listen to a lot of mechanic podcasts, but now that the ASOG guys changed it to change, changing the industry podcast. Yeah. You know, they have a lot of good points, you know, I mean, and it, it's not all about the shop owner either. I mean, you got to show up as a technician too. Oh yeah. You know, you can't come in and expect these guys to do everything you want them to do. And then you come in and do hack work either. Right. Matt Fanslow. Yeah, that guy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 
And there's Grease the Wheels. That guy's pretty funny too. I haven't heard that one yet. Yeah, he's he's a I think he's been in it twenty years. Wow. Been a mechanic and he basically bitches about the same shit I bitch about. <laughs> yeah. Which is legitimate. I mean, some of the stuff that you guys bitch about, my dad bitched about. Yeah. You know, and his whole thing about when I was growing up, he's like, I don't want you to be a mechanic. I want you to go get a real job. And I'm like, I don't know. I feel like I wasted 27 of my years with a real job when this job is really a lot of fun. Yeah. I mean, this is a real fucking job. Yeah. I mean, Not everybody you can, can do it. Exactly. And you can go anywhere you want, any state you want, any country you want and get a job yeah. as a technician. Yeah. I mean, we got it made, dude. I think so. Especially now. Yeah. For sure. And everybody's worried about the EV cars coming. I don't think that's going to be for at least another 10 years. Honestly, the thing that I think about EV cars is it puts new techs and old techs on the same ground because it's all brand new for everybody. Yeah. So you're not trying to figure out 30 years of knowledge on gas engine. You guys are all starting at ground zero on electricity and how these battery cars work. Yeah, exactly. And then everything so, else is just tires and brakes and suspension. Yeah. Which is all easy stuff. But yeah, if yeah. you can do electricity, you'll do fine. And that's the Which first class you go to when you go to training. Yeah. Basic electrical. I I didn't even really think I was even going to pass that first class. Really? I got in there and I was like, wow, this is a lot more than I ever thought I knew. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I was asking my instructor to stay after to show me something because I wasn't getting it in class. And he really? stayed. Yeah. Wow. And he, he helped me out. He he stayed, made sure I, I knew what it, what he was trying to teach. And that was good. I, I passed it with a 93. And I thought I was going to fail it. <laughs> yeah. When I went to Honda training the first time for basic electrical, I was fucking lost. I, I, my thing is, is I can't pay attention long enough. If it's boring to me, I don't give a fuck. I don't even care yeah. if it's my job. I just don't care. And I can't yeah. sit in a classroom. But luckily, we sat in a classroom for the first day, did a tour of the shop, and then the next day we were working. We were actually doing shit. So I was like, all right, good. I thought I was going to be sitting here listening to some fucking guy talk. Because I don't do good at that. I need yeah. hands-on shit. My first car they gave me when I went to Lincoln they gave me this Lincoln LS theft job. It had been sitting out in the back lot for about four months and nobody wanted to work on it. <laughs> so I came in as the new guy and the shop foreman pushed that into my stall and he goes, here's your first job. <laughs> Jesus, that's worse than mine. <laughs> and the harness was hacked up in the dash. They brought me a junkyard harness mm. to splice into it because they didn't have a whole harness. Wow. And I... I worked on that car for three solid weeks before I finally got it to start. <laughs> three weeks. And I got the, the HVAC to work and a radio in it to work. And I mean, these guys tore this car up when they stole it. <laughs> was that at the independent shop? No, that was at Lincoln when I started my first car there. <laughs> when you started there, were you yeah. hourly or flat rate? I was hourly. <laughs> oh, that's good. And now I, I laugh at the foreman about it. I go, Why'd you do that to me? He goes, well, we just wanted to see what you had. <laughs> hey, you got it done, though. I did. Man, it took forever. And then every time it would come back in for anything, other kind of service, 
or water leaks or whatever. That was like my car. Yeah, you married it. Always to it. came to me. Yeah, I was like, oh yeah. my god, not this car again. I was so happy the day they traded that thing in. <laughs> <laughs> are you still hourly or are you flat rate? I'm a salary tech now. Nice salary. All of the diagnostic tech. work. Yep, that's the way it should be. It it helps. It actually helps the whole shop make money. Yes, we have hourly guys. And then we have our flat rate guys. And our flat rate guys, if they got to get in diag, they're not going to make no money. Exactly. And if they're it, not flat turning rate, cars, go ahead. They're not making any money. Right. But the shop's so, not making money if they're not turning cars either. Exactly. I think the diagnosis guys should be paid salary or hourly or whatever. And maybe bonuses, you know, if they do do repair the work. But, you know, there's a lot of talk about flat rate versus hourly. And I won't go hourly just because I've been a flat rate tech for 23 years, yeah. you know, I'm, I don't want to, I like knowing that I can make more, but there's also pay plans where you make 40 hours. And if you make more than 40 hours, you get paid more. I like that. I have a bonus structure on hours turned for the month. Nice. So if I exceed hours, then I'll get a bonus on those hours that I've turned. But the main thing that they want out of me is that it's fixed right or diagnosed correctly the first time. So if you diagnose something and, do you, and it's not something that you're going to replace. Do you give it to one of the flat rate techs and then they knock they out the job? Yep. Yep. Nice. Yeah. See, th that's, that's an awesome system. I think. Yeah. It works really good. Cause the flat rate guy, he just fuck, he's basically a parts changer. Yeah. Do you diagnosed it? You said, Hey, it needs a steering rack. You know, the steering control module is fucked up, whatever. Yep. Here you go. And then he just goes, all right. He doesn't have to worry. Cause the diagnosis is on your back. It's right. on your ass. He just has yep. to replace the part and clear the code and hope it fixes it. Yep. That makes sense. I mean, a lot of times I'll, I'll do the hang the parts too, but like for quick lane, I mean, it helps those guys out a lot too, because they don't have to get into trying to solve the problem. They just send it over to me. Yeah. And then they can do their wallet flushes and <laughs> yeah. hang some parts later. <laughs> Yeah. I mean, I think that's a good system because like I said, there's a lot of talk on Facebook and in the industry about flat rate versus hourly and a lot, most of it's all independent shops and I don't know how they work, but I mean, but having a diagnostic te technician that diagnoses everything and then gives it to somebody that gets paid flat rate to replace it, that yeah. makes perfect sense because that guy gets money off of his speed and ability to repair that car but he doesn't have to diagnose it so he's counting on the diagnostic technician that should be making more money than him or at least a consistent paycheck because he's doing right. basically hoping and praying that that's the actual part that's going to fix the car and the other guy he just has to put it in so i think that's a good way for like a new technician to come into the business at flat rate having somebody above him diagnosing the car and then he replaces the part the only thing that i don't like about it is i think that sometimes that these younger guys don't get the knowledge from it though right but they gotta to start more... somewhere i agree yeah you gotta understand that... how that thing comes in and out how it works whatever and then move up i think the diagnostic technician should be the highest position in the shop that's why it should be getting paid salary or hourly yeah. and bonuses 
I like the fact that I can take the time to actually work the problem. Exactly. I don't make any guesses. Right. Because you're not flat rate. <laughs> you're not right. going to, oh, it's under warranty. I'm just going to put a steering rack in it. <laughs> or, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. But that happens all the time. Oh, yeah. Or throw a part at it and then diagnose it later if it doesn't fix it. You know, this the good one that comes to... from, the, from the quick lane is the, the ABS lights on, they'll throw a hub at it and then, oh, they miss the broken wire. Yeah, exactly. Then they actually fix the car, but they don't get paid right. to fix the car because they're no. trying to cover their ass. Right. So that happens, they... happens at every shop. Shocking the part, then, oh no, now we got to. Now, then they backed up the whole line, though. They've got 40 exactly. exactly. Now, 10 of them aren't going to get in. Right. Yep. That's an interesting place to be for sure. Yeah. I mean, because if everything is going to go EV, you're still going to have gas cars around. They're not going anywhere anytime soon. So they'll learn on those how to fix them, replace parts. The diagnostic technician will be the highest in the shop. He'll be learning EVs and all that. So when those do roll in, he can put on a little clinic for the new guys and show them what's up teach them how to work on them. They go to school, they go to training, they learn how to work on them without killing themselves. And then they work their way up to the diagnostic position because eventually that's the only position there's going to be when EV cars do only exist. You're just diagnosing them. And then you're just throwing batteries at them and brakes and tires and who can't do brakes and tires. Right. I mean, that's how it's going to end up being. So everybody that's worried about, technician shortage and all that it's i don't really think it's going to be that big of a deal i don't Honestly. think so either i think it'll weed them out actually yeah there's a lot of technicians in this business in every yeah. shop that need to fucking be weeded out yep i agree with that because i mean we're doing fucking door latches again and now we have to take pictures <laughs> and cover our own ass and prove the ford that we actually did it i mean Everything's going to eventually, every recall is going to eventually be like that if they keep hacking up cars. Well, and I think that's the whole thing about FDRS. Like when you do the the steering column module or uh, actuator replacement on navigators, then you have to update the programming, you know, so there's a record of what's going on. There's a record of everything you do on that FDRS. Don't forget. Yes, there is. I, I, they I can like look it. up everything. Yeah. Because I can get a car that comes in. I can go back and look at hit previous history and see what the guy did what test he ran and everything else. And heck, if it's a guy that worked in my shop, I can go ask him. And Ford and Lincoln can actually go over your diagnosis steps, your pinpoint test that you wrote and said you did and look and see that you didn't read the value of that temperature sensor. You never even logged into that car. Why are you (laughs) saying you did this pinpoint test? So they're covering their ass. So we need the training to cover our own ass to actually fucking do the job and not just throw parts at it. So it's going to all come back eventually. I think it's a good system though. I mean, I like the, I like being able to show that I did what I said I did. Yeah, me too. Especially when you get down to these APIM issues. Yeah. Especially those, you know, everybody's all just do the manual RBC. Yeah. Well, you still shows that you tried to do the test or not. (laughs) Yep. You got to go step by step, man. Yep. But it also helps you uh, uh, verify your M time, too. Yeah. Yep. Because there's a time log on it. All the dealership managers are always worried about getting... uh, The audits. Audits. Yeah. They're always worried about getting audited. Well, all Ford has to do is check those certain specific technicians in your shop, 
check their yeah. logs and find out they didn't do half the shit they said they did. Yeah. And you're going to get audited. Oh, yeah. And that's a bad day for everybody. But I've I never been through one of those. They're interesting. We had one right after I first started. Everybody was all crazy about it. We did pretty good in it. We didn't really get fined too much and too much backflagging or anything on us. That's so good. That was pretty cool. Yeah. But they run a pretty, they run a clean shop there. They run a, the whole dealership actually runs pretty clean from what I can see through sales, through parts. People there are pretty, pretty straight up. That's good. It's good to work somewhere like that where you can yeah. count on people and you don't have to worry about getting backstabbed or blamed for anything. And Yeah. And nice. I think it really helps too that the owner of the dealership, I think he really cares for people. That's rare. <laughs> he treats us good at Christmas and gives us a, a nice bonus and just the way he approaches things. And I mean, there's stories of where he's helped people on a personal level that have worked for him. And, you know, it's like, you know, the guy's a good dude. He's a little different, but he's good. So starting in this business at 50 years old, do you recommend anybody else doing it? Absolutely. I would say, there, where where are you going to go to get paid to learn and learn stuff that a lot of people can't even comprehend, you know, and get paid to do it? It's just crazy. Instead of going to school and paying $100,000 for a degree where you're going to f- compete with another 80,000 people in the same job, and here there's a, jobs that are just wide open t- just for the taking. All you got to do is show up. That's it. Show up with a good attitude and ready to learn and ready to work. Yeah, I mean, every day is a learning experience. I personally would prefer hard cars to, to diagnose because it teaches me so much. And I learned so much in a short amount of time from it. You, know, you get a lot of, lot of hard lessons, but they're good lessons. Stuff that you know to watch for later, like disconnecting a battery when you're doing an ohms test. It's got a problem. You know, things like the stuff like that that pops up on you where you get a weird ohm reading on it. The tool issue is is a big problem still, though, for, for a lot of guys. But there's yeah, a lot of good in. tool companies out there that you don't have to pay the tool truck prices. And I don't want to crap on the tool truck prices because those guys provide a service. They're there for you, and they can replace your tools, and you don't have to go anywhere to do it. But if you're starting out, you don't need the best of everything. Right. Figure out what you're going to break, and then go get the good stuff. <laughs> 